horror fam, best friends, and ghoulish nights, and welcome to the 17th episode of Murders with Mertens. I am your host, Joe, and this is a podcast about horror, the supernatural, cosmic horror, body horror, the horror-adjacent thrillers, the psychologically terrifying, scary films in general. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss one of their favorite scary films so we can gush about everything that makes it just so damned cool. Viewers, thank you for the support. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. It all helps to get the word out and bring some much-needed love to this fledgling podcast. I have a minor goal of reaching 100 subs by the end of the year so I can get that custom URL for the channel and are just over the halfway mark, so that's uh, that's a goal now. Uh, so help if you could, please, if you are so inclined. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of welcoming back for his third appearance on the show, Mr. Demetrius Noel. Dim, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic. I had work today, uh, so I had a nine-hour shift before this, but I'm ready to go. Got a lot of sleep last night, so I'm, nice. I'm ready. Nice. Sleep is good. I slept for shit last night, so awesome. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's, that's why we got a little, uh, little, little coffee here. Keep it going. Hey, um, you came prepared. I should have came prepared just in case, but I think I'm good. All right. All right. Well, I know uh, we are here to talk about a film that we both rather enjoy for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, 2020's The Dark and the Wicked, written and directed by Brian Bertino. Holy shit. This is a Stranger's movie. Fame. Of course, we already know that Stranger is one of my favorite scary movies of all time. So for him to do another movie that I really enjoy, yeah, I think. This one is almost on par, maybe a little better, though. I mean, I have a lot of memory with The Strangers, so I feel like I have a special place for that one. But this one is definitely upscaled on the on the fear factor. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, like you said, it was uh, kind of relentless. It is bleak as fuck. There is no hope throughout this film whatsoever maybe the tiniest little bit at times oh no it just takes another five minutes and that's gone um <laughs> i really like that um it takes place in one week yeah yeah it's a and solid week <laughs> you're just like mm -hmm. oh man i also read that uh this was actually filmed on uh the farm uh, brian bertino's childhood home um yeah I read that too. that's Wow. Okay, this explains so much about him as a writer director now. I mean, if he lived in this this home that they live in, it's it's looking a little rough. Maybe they kind of made it look like that, but I I I'd hope they had some movie magic implied. Yeah, yeah, some ooh. more set dressing and so on. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> there are far too many skulls in this house. Um, right. But you know, uh, I guess some people are into that. <laughs> Sure. But yeah, um, this is one of those films that uh, I forget the, uh, the distributor, but uh, it's one that gets picked up by Shudder all the time. And that's where I definitely saw this. Um, I know I had a release in theaters uh, like in late 2020. And then I, I don't know how quickly it made its way to Shudder, but I feel like I saw it you know, fairly soon after it was on there just because the marketing for this looked cool as hell um how about I read you that um it was supposed to be at a a festival and then the pandemic hit so it mm -hmm. kind of got pushed out and nobody got to see it at the festival so um i can't remember what, what festival it was exactly i think maybe tiff um that sounds right but 
Yeah, yeah. So I actually stumbled upon this. I didn't see anything beforehand. I didn't even know it was coming out until I saw Shutter put out their uh, marketing for it. So I was pleasantly surprised when I went in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I have too many other, uh, you know, super top level or historical thoughts about this thing because it's a fairly recent film. Definitely one of the more recent ones that uh, that we've done on this thing. But uh, I think we should jump right into it uh, with the opening credits. Uh, you get that. If you watch it on Shudder, you get the awesome John Carpenter Shudder Stinger twice because uh, they, they intro everything you watch on there with it. But also it's part of uh, all the different uh, studio and uh, you know production house logos. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely sets a it sets a tone. Um, we, we start off with mom, who's uh, clearly like a just a dressmaker. Uh, she seems to be making a Spider-Man costume. I, I'm not, I don't know what that's all about, but did you notice that pattern? Um, <laughs> it, it did look like an odd pattern and we never see that again, but like, I, you can tell that it's, it plays into the, the, what we see later with, um, the daughter. So do, I do think that it was kind of important to show whatever she was making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, to be clear that she has, um, you know, other roles than just being a mom and, uh, you know, a homemaker and all that. Uh, but she's startled by uh, some noises. Um, you know, she hears uh, the uh, goats from the, the pen and they have like a string of bottles and horseshoes and other things as noisemakers, just in case there's like wolves or something coming through. Um, she goes and checks on them. Uh, and then here's more noises outside. Um, and just, you know, she kind of seems to shrug it off or whatever, but it, ooh, it's definitely setting a tone already. I do, um, want to point out that when it shows the sheep for like a split second, you see a figure <laughs> for just a second. And if you blink, you will miss this, this like hidden human like figure. And I don't think I saw it the first time. And I, I watched it again, and I was like, "Oh snap!" Like, what yeah, was that? Like, there's a lot of that in this yeah. film. Um, yeah, totally, for sure. It's definitely blinking, you'll miss it moments. Um, so they they cut to her almost immediately inside. Um, she's doing some food prep, uh, and you hear the scraping and creaking from behind her, and she turns around, and there's. Uh, a chair pulled out from the kitchen table and it's kind of turned and facing her almost like something's sitting there watching her. Um, and we just get the title card, just black, white lettering, nothing, yep. nothing fancy. I love it. It's such a great way to start this film off though. It's just knowing that there is a presence. Bad shit seems like it's about to happen, you know, from the start. Uh, and I then we, music plays into that as well oh yeah there's, there's never any kind of happy or no. or uplifting music that it's all down like <laughs> dreary music from the start so yeah and if you watch it with subtitles uh the way they describe the music is usually something similar you know like uh uh i forget the the actual descriptors but it's usually something along the lines of terrifying music or eerie music plays or something like that. I, I definitely yeah, I watched watch 
Yeah, I definitely watch it once with the subtitles because sometimes the the drawl is a little thick and you just you want to go back and know for sure what was said. Um but uh wow. Uh yeah, good score. Definitely a good score. And then we also get these other title cards throughout the whole film. We already talked about how it takes place over the course of a week uh with Monday. Um uh, so here's the real beginning with uh Louise arriving at the Straker farm. She opens up the gate, drives on in. Um, she, uh, talks to her mom briefly. She tells her that she didn't want Louise and her brother to come. This is repeated multiple times throughout this film. Um, and mom just looks like she's definitely looks like she's not having a good time. Uh, she, she, she looks like she's been through the ringer for sure. Like, I mean, at this point you don't know exactly what's happening. So it's like, you knew something sinister was happening when she kind of got startled in the barn, but now it seems mm-hmm. like something's kind of lingering over her. So I really like that she plays that kind of in a um, really deep kind of way. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll definitely see that in the din- dinner scene that uh, comes up before Toulon. But before that, uh, Louise goes out to find her brother. He's helping the uh, the farmhand Charlie change a tire, and they're they're just having a bitch of a time with it. Um, she offers to help and, you know, Michael makes a crack to her about her being superwoman or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, and they just kind of shoot the shit a little bit and catch up. And, uh, I think, uh, Charlie gives her a hug or something at this point. He's glad to see her. Um, and then we get that dinner scene where you see, uh, Louise kind of pushing her plate a little bit towards Michael and him eating off her plate. And it's like, this is something that, you know, clearly has been a part of their childhood and growing up where he's always done this and she's always, you know, fed him a little bit more. It's such a sibling thing to do. Um, yeah, definitely uh, really traditional in that, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Michael, you know, makes this kind of hand fisted compliment to his mother about her cooking and she just doesn't respond. She's just kind of looking down like this and, you know, lost in dark thoughts and uh so you know louise and you know michael will kind of look at each other and she pipes up uh you know about the uh sheep or goats or whatever and uh you know how she thought it was you know the plan to kind of wind things down with the farm um uh no more babies yeah yeah and uh mom says that they're just going to keep working it because that's what dad wanted them to do um and I can't remember if it's Louise. She says um, at the end of that conversation, she says again, you never listen to me, but she kind of mumbles it in a way that you have to like really be listening for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which of the siblings says it's going to be okay, mama. And this is when she finally looks up at them, you know, cause the whole time she's just been kind of looking down into the side, kind of not really a part of the conversation at all. And she says, what's going to be okay? Uh, This is where she tells them they're stupid for coming and they should go home. Um, And then, like you said, yeah, but you never listened anyways. So, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Um, So Michael and Louise are just kind of hanging out, drinking beers on the porch after this conversation. Um, Louise smoking. and they're just like, what the fuck just happened? 
they're they're very concerned. It's um, if we haven't been introduced to this yet, um, they're there because their their father's dying. He's bedridden, and you know they they expect everything that's bad is mostly because of you know what's happening with him probably. But uh, oh no, it, it gets it gets worse. It gets worse. Um, I can't remember if is it when she's cooking the dinner that they they do that really wide screen like they do from the strangers where you can see like inside the bedroom and then you can also see like the kitchen and then Luis is standing a, in the corner. There's a lot of that. Uh, I really like film. that aspect because you can tell that it was very similar to that scene mm-hmm. <laughs> where um, Liv Tyler is standing in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the uh, guy walks up out of the shadows behind her, behind yeah. her and yeah. Um, it, there, there's a lot of uh, effective use of that kind of thing in this film for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I can't remember where dad is really introduced, but regardless, um, Louise, uh, locks the door after coming back inside, she peeks in on her parents, you know, mom's, I, I think kind of half asleep sitting up in bed, they're watching TV. Um, and she walks over to, you know, the, the sink and pours herself a glass of water. And you get those strangers vibes right here for sure. And you hear this creak and she looks over to the front door and she sees it's open again. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And she slowly walks toward it to lock it again. And you hear the voices from the TV in the bedroom getting like really distorted and creepy. It sounds like something straight out of control. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, Ooh, it's effective. And you may not notice it at first because also as she walks by the bedroom door, you see this massive dark figure standing there. Mm -hmm. And you know, the camera kind of continues to track with her as she goes over to the door, she locks it. She walks back and it's clearly her mother standing there this time. And it's all within the same shot, which is uh, God, I love that. It seems so seamless the way they, they did that. Yeah. And like you said, it's the kind of thing where you could totally miss that, Absolutely. uh, you know, it was a different figure than the mother standing there. Um, yeah. and this is where, uh, you know, mom kind of scares her, uh, asking, you know, what is it? And she, you know, she kind of startled there and she's like, it's just the wind. Um, but mom stares at that door. Oof, she knows she knows and we're back to meal prep um and <laughs> meal prep. <laughs> yeah i mean the, she does she does hit up that cutting board quite a bit mm-hmm. this she works that santoku knife yeah <laughs> <She does. laughs> that's right it's a good blade for vegetables um but and, a lot of them yeah yeah and uh other things um so Michael, uh, who had, he had gone to take a shower or something earlier and he's like at the table. I don't know if he's dealing with bills or he's dealing with something there. I, I love how this is all within the same evening too. all the shit that's happening. It, it yeah. feels like it should be a different day, but no. Almost. Yeah. Um, let's see here. He, he tells his mom that she should get some sleep and she just replies that they should leave. And he's like, no, ma'am. 
And she says to them, it's not what you think. I wrote down that quote also. Yeah. And you're like, oh, really, mom? You're acting kind of weird now. <laughs> like, Yep. Yep. Uh, apparently, they're not that concerned. Uh, and how good is the sound design with all the chopping? You know, right. every little thunk into that cutting board. Um, so Michael had, you know, gone to bed and she's continued to chop away there. And you hear that chair again. And, and she just keeps on a chopping and all of a sudden you see her going right through her fingers because it's getting more and more aggressive and you know, the music's kind of swelling. The, the visceral imagery that like it's, it's, it looks so realistic when they oh, yeah. actually pen her fingers and then they pan to her face and then like, yeah, just see her, more of her fingers getting caught. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Not oh. only did she slice through them and you hear the crunch of the bone along with that, yeah. but then she decides, you know what? Let's mince these. They need a good mince. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she didn't want them whole. She wanted them. No, no, no. You know, they'll, they'll cook more evenly if we, you know, you know, are a little more consistent. Um, so, um, we cut to the title card of Tuesday and there is blood everywhere in this kitchen. Yep. Um, it's oh yeah. Up. Yep. Yep. And, uh, the kids kind of burst outside through the door, um, you know, looking for their mom cause they saw all the gore in the kitchen and it's that, that shot of them in the distance running by the opening of the barn, the barn and, yeah. you know, the camera continues to move along and then we see mom just a hang in there. Um, yep. and then Louise sees her runs in grabs this bin to stand on to try to lift her and they 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 cut her down and uh and with the score yeah. here it's 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 like piercing the way it like hits you because you see her legs and you're like oh god and <laughs> it makes you like think about your family and stuff and it's just yep. like oh you just feel for the kids it just you know it's one of those hurtful and more more impactful type scenes that i've seen in a in a horror movie like this yeah yeah, um, and they just cut right to uh, Wednesday. That's that's all we get at Tuesday. That's our shortest day, I think. Yes, it is. Um, and you know, probably because we just we don't need to see, you know, really what else happened with dealing with their mom and probably you know calling an ambulance and the cops and whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, they're just kind of in shock sitting there at the table and Louise is smoking, you know, inside this time. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, nice. You know, you're smoking inside the house and your father's uh, dying in the next room and he's on oxygen. Um, oh, I, I really don't think they give a shit at this point. Like they just took care of their mom and like, uh, she's probably lost it already. <laughs> like Louise is already through the roof emotionally. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and the hospice nurse gets there. And uh, she gives her condolences uh, and this is where she admits that, you know, mom was kind of spiraling. Um, yeah, she tells him that uh, she was, she was saying things. Mm -hmm. Nobody else yeah. was around thing. And when yeah. she, she said, um, when she thought I wasn't listening. Right. How uh, mom would sit beside dad and whisper to someone who wasn't there. Like, Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, can I go home now? Anything about this before, like, before we got here? <laughs> like, oh my god, you just you weren't concerned about that enough to let anybody know. Yeah, you just thought that was her dealing with things, didn't you? Um, oh man. <laughs> oh god. It seems like something you would call the somebody the next of kin. Like, hey, yeah. Um, your your mom is acting a little strange. You may want to check on her. Yeah, maybe, just maybe. Um, she doesn't look like she had a cell phone. The mom, so like they they would have had to call the house phone. That thing is probably old as shit. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely looked it, didn't it? Um, so Louise offers to watch after dad at night. Um, you know, this is what they wanted. She says, um, you know, she just wants to be shown what she has to do and everything. Um. And then uh, she goes outside to kind of poke through her mother's workshop. Um, you hear this whispering playing along with the wind. Um, Got that. Yeah. yeah. It's very subtle the way they did that, too. It's very subtle. Thanks, closed captions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would help because it would tell you if something's happening. I didn't even realize <laughs> that there was whispers. I guess it makes sense, though, because it kind of implies that she's being um uh watched in that yeah, way yeah she's absolutely being fucked with already um so she's poking around the workshop and she finds a wedding dress with her name attached that's sad as fuck yeah i mean it looks it looks like a great dress i mean obviously wedding dresses are super hard to make and very um time consuming especially with the amount of details that goes into them so Mm-hmm. Um, very, very emotional for her. Yep. Yep. It's, um, probably something that, uh, her mom made specifically for her, or it's an older dress that's been in the family that she's touched up. But one or the, one way or the other, she always hoped that Louise would, you know, have a use for it. Um, ugh, that's awful. Um, and then we cut to them, uh, you know, Michael and Louise tending the farm, uh, with Charlie and they stop by this pet cemetery by the water. Um, and they kind of argue a little bit over mom's breakdown. Um, but, you know, Charlie offers a few words of kindness here. He's he's a very good family friend, aside from just an employee. It's clear. Uh, they grew I do want to say, um, as somebody who isn't a country person, like, it didn't really... It didn't really register that you would have a pet cemetery for your animals, like until I seen this scene. And you're like, "Oh, well, that's all the sheep names or all the lambs and stuff." And I'm like, "Oh man, I guess you if if you really were using them for not for like killing and and doing things like that, then you would bury them and you would have a cemetery for all the ones that have passed on." And um, yeah, it was kind of rough seeing that. I was like, oh, <laughs> like they named every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they made a comment about one of them being uh, a particular one that they really liked. So, yeah, probably the ones that they were at least more attached to ended up there. Um, oof. Um, so Louise, uh, back at home, she goes to take a shower and she hears noises coming in. And of course, you know, it's the typical sibling thing, sibling thing, right? I, I just need five fucking minutes, man. It's, it's, uh, scene, the first time I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> Cause it ain't Michael. Time, but oh shit. 
Oh, God. Yeah. And he's got the face doing the uh, Jacob's Ladder thing. Um, Oh, God. That shit rocked me to my core the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And he uh, pisses himself as well. Um, I don't think we even said it's dad standing there. Um, Does he have the white eyes in this scene? Okay. So it's, you know, more of an apparition of dad then. Uh, But yeah, um, she freaks the fuck out, you know, like you do. And uh, Michael comes in and there's nobody there. Um, Yeah. So she goes outside for another cigarette. That is clearly (laughs) her uh, coping mechanism in this movie. (laughs) And she probably spoke like 30 packs in this this movie. Oh my God. God. Um, and this is where uh, Michael finds his mother's diary. Um, right. he, he just happens to you know, bump it with his foot as he's walking through. And uh, he brings it outside to show Louise and starts reading from it. Yeah, but didn't he say um, he only read the last page? Yeah. I know he's there in the darkness. Help me. Help me, please. He's killing David. He can't breathe anymore. There's nothing I can do to stop it. Devil, devil, devil. He wants David's soul. All right. <laughs> Mom, what's, what's really going on in the house? Mom, I think you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> that nurse ain't doing it for you. <laughs> no, no. She's just sitting there knitting. That's all yeah. she's doing. She's catching up on her, you know, her, her knitting. Um, Oh God. And we cut from the quoting of the diary right to Thursday. Um, and, and this is Michael questioning. I think there's, there's a few shots of, uh, the cut rope, um, at this point. And, uh, Michael's kind of questioning how she was even able to get herself up there because it was so high up and Louise had to drag that bin over to be able to stand up, to get her down. Wasn't it a fridge that she had to drag? Um, I, I can't That's remember right. exactly because it was all, it's all in silhouette. It's so it's, yeah, but, um, oof. Um, yeah, basically the mom wouldn't have been able to do it on her own is what they were implying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even if she kicked, uh, whatever it was out from under her, it, there was nothing around that she could have done that to. Um, and they read some more from the diary. And mom is describing locking the door, but the present's still getting in, how it's killing dad and laughing at her. I think my question is at this point, how long has she been this way? It's like we, we cut in the very beginning to her and the farm, but I mean, it's definitely implied that this has been happening longer than that. Yeah. I wonder... I mean, it doesn't explicitly say it ever, but I wonder how long she's really been dealing with this. Because if it's been like a week, two weeks, maybe longer, like it's a long time to be <laughs> stressed out with these ghosts. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe as long as, you know, dad's been sick um, or at least as long as he's been sick and in care at home. Um, I don't know. It's. Oof. Good question, though. Like, like, whatever happened is the reason why the dad is in the coma in the first place. And then after the coma, it latched onto her. And then obviously we know it continues to move outside of the house, but we'll get to that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> oof, yes, we will. Um, <laughs> um, I think they go to the morgue from here. Um, the, the mortician is a family friend. It's definitely one of those towns where everybody knows everybody. Um, of course it is. You see this farm? <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, there, there's this farm and there's the hospital with the morgue That's and it. Charlie's trailer. That is it. <laughs> maybe a general store. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they got to go to the next oh, town where there's a Walmart. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know, <laughs> but Oh shit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they talk to the mortician. He digs out the personal effects um, because in her pocket were all of these little crosses that uh, apparently they used to pass out at Sunday school when he was a kid. And they're like, mom didn't go. You know, none of them are religious. The kids are basically atheists. Um, and that's another thing. Mom's been singing in the beginning of this film. A lot of old hymns. Um, and I find that kind of interesting given that she wasn't a religious person or anything. It's possibly she was doing it to try to protect herself. I'm wondering, cause whenever they do this whole like devil hell versus heaven type thing, they always have characters kind of reciting things from the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I guess without the subtitles, I don't know exactly what she was saying, but did that any of that resonate with you, what she was saying? Like, could you tell anything was off um, about it? There were at least a couple of old-timey hymns that I recognized, but um, it, again, I find it very odd that at this point we find out, no, she was not religious in any way. So yeah, yeah. yeah it, it had to have been along with the crosses in her pocket. Um, she was trying to, she was probably grasping at straws, trying to do anything she could do to protect herself. I'm wondering um, if it, it was maybe the, the, the presence or devil speaking through her, with those verses, maybe just mocking the situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah, could be the, like, you can't be saved. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't going to protect you. Yeah, because it's certainly uh, the scene definitely comes back later. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah uh, let's see here. So. Yes, uh, they admit that they weren't religious and everything. OK, so we're back to uh, the farmhouse and Louise is tending to her father at night. He starts coughing like crazy at this point. And we get a big ass spider that comes out of his mouth. It just doesn't stop with this movie. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Louise. Arachnophobia. Well, we'll just throw a little bit of that in there for yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. We got goats. We got goats. goats. People don't like goats. <laughs> yeah, we got crazy. all sorts of shit. Um, and so she like tries to kill the spider and, you know, tries to look for it in the sheets and everything. And she's having a fucking freak out about it. Uh, and that's when Michael walks in and she's like all embarrassed about it all. But I, I, Thought I saw a spider and I love his response, which is the typical, well, did you get it? <laughs> Come on. No, man. no, I did not get it. And now it wants revenge. It's <laughs> it's in the house. We can't we can't stay here. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta kill it with fire. Let's burn it all down. Burn the house down. It's already here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the spider's house now. Um yeah. <laughs> oh God. So Louis at the kitchen sink. 
under the drain stopper finds yet more blood that they have yet to clean up. Uh, so she mops that up and then goes out to, for another cigarette and uh, more reading of the diary and just fuck stop reading that diary. I think you know what's going on. I think you need to get out of there. And this is where we start getting wolves howling in the distance. Oh, it's effective. It is. Yep. And uh, then we cut to Michael. He's in bed. And the loudest light switch in the world uh, is heard as the um, light on the ceiling fan above him flips on. And, um, you know, he's he's woken up. And he gets up. He looks around. Nothing. Turns off the light. Happens again. And we get those wolves again. Mm. And he gets up to take a look around. He flips off the light and looks outside. And there's mom. And she's starting to float a little bit. A little That's, bit. She goes pretty high. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not unsettling at all. No. Oh, God. And no, then and, he... And the about, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say... Um, the funny thing about when people see apparitions like that, mm-hmm. they always try to say like they didn't see anything or like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I like try to handle it themselves. But motherfucker, you just saw your mom floating outside. I think maybe it might be something you want to share with your sister when you're in a house with her. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's random people like that's your blood. Yep. And, you know, he sees her floating outside and I, th- I think she's smiling, too, which, of, of course, just adds to the unsettling nature of all this. But then he hears her singing from inside the house. And he backs away from the window and starts walking towards the bedroom door. And this is where we see her standing in the shadows behind him as he walks away. God, it's it's super effective. Um, it really they really. <laughs> really perfected his game in this movie with the with the supernatural scares oh yeah yeah i i can't wait to see uh more stuff from this guy for sure um i love directors that tend to stick with one particular genre and sure. you know i think between, you're perfecting that exactly you know between him and mike flanagan and uh oh god what's his face who did the night house and uh, we get hellraiser from him next month oh, yeah. um um I remember right now. Jesus, I can't think yeah. of the guy's name. I actually um, just watched the first one again today. Wait, oh, The Night House? Oh, uh, Hellraiser. Oh, nice. Original. Yeah. Nice, nice. It was a good uh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that Clive Barker needs to really be a film director, but, uh, you know, that said, I understand him wanting to, you know, uh, tackle, you know, his own story there. Uh, I can appreciate that, but yeah. Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. Surprisingly decent sequel for a film series that has a lot of shit sequels. Yep. Um, <laughs> this is like eight of them, right? Oh my god, or more. Possibly oh, more. Man, um, <laughs> but yeah, very much though back then. Yeah. I mean, you, oh, oh, absolutely movie. it was. Any anything yeah. that could be turned into a franchise was and just driven into the ground um yep. in that search for money. Um but yeah (laughs) you know it (laughs) but yeah very much looking forward to this new hellraiser uh 
and that's going to be on Hulu soon. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, he walks towards the bedroom door. Mom is in the shadows behind him. He flips on the light and she is immediately behind him. And he turns around and she's gone. Oh man. It's so good. Ah! Perfect. Yes. Perfect cinematography right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. These people know how to bring those scares. It's, I see all these people griping on the internet about this film, about how nothing happens about, Oh yeah. About how it's just, you know, there's like a sense of dread and everything, but nothing actually happens in this movie. Motherfucker. It's it's, we're we're on what? uh, Thursday. Like so much has happened so far. Yes. And it's continuing to escalate. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't understand that, but okay. yeah, some people just want to complain about stuff, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, we cut from right here to Friday. Um, Louise wakes up. Uh, there's a thunderstorm outside. She, um, she is spending her nights sleeping beside her father to be able to keep an eye on him. And, we just get the shot from behind her as she pulls her hair up and ties it behind and then gets into the bathroom and she's standing there at the sink. She flips on the light and sees these red marks all over her face. As an absolute blood. Yeah, I thought it was like scratches. Yeah. Um, but she turns on the water, washes her face and uh, goes back to the bed and finds a tube of lipstick in the bed next to her father. It wasn't, it wasn't at the top. She had to roll down those, those sheets a little yep. bit. Yep. Yep. Um, oof. And, uh, what are you doing? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the phone rings and she picks it up and it's a recording as if she had tried to make a call somewhere else that didn't go through. That was weird. Um, and then, um, yeah, yeah. Then it rings again and it's mom this time. I told y'all not to come. <laughs> Jesus. Mom is relentless, man. She's just, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Start. Yeah. We get that repetition of, I told you not to come. <laughs> um, and Michael, I think he had said the day before that he was going to go to the grocery store in the morning and he's driving home through the rain and he finds this preacher at the gate. Um, you know, the preacher hands him a business card and, um, you know, says he wanted to talk to them or whatever, check in. And um, they're, they're sitting there at the table with him and the preacher is reading from mom's diary. I guess he is a priest, actually, which, you know, yeah. if if he is a Catholic priest, that just brings an extra level of creepiness to all this shit because the Catholics know how to do it. Let yeah, me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And it's uh, Xander Berkeley, too. Great character actor. Um, I love how he actually gets uh, third billing on the poster of this film, and he is barely in it. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's an effective performance, the little bit that he's in here. Sure. Um, also very difficult to tell that it's him. I know he's probably getting up in yours, but the makeup is yeah. pretty, pretty intense. Um, so yeah, he's reading from the diary and, um, the, the siblings, uh, they start thinking that it's this preacher that was influencing 
their mother. And, you know, they basically kick his ass out. Um, I don't know. It's the conversation that they have. It sounds for the most part like this priest is trying to be helpful, but, you know, in a way that they're just not receptive to. But yeah, yeah I like that line. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but um, he, he was like, I, I tried to tell her the truth. And then they're like, well, oh, yeah. he says, uh, the no, no, your truth. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> we flipped that on him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And as he's leaving, he tells them, uh, you know, the devil's not out there. He's in here. Don't like that. Nope. <laughs> Do <you> like <laughs> Don't the, like the, that. Um, the cinematography, cinematography of him kind of walking out, though. I, I like that whole way that that was shot. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Yeah, that's something that we really haven't talked a lot about in this film that is just. It's fucking gorgeous. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, totally. Oh, uh, it's yeah, beautifully shot film for something as dark and bleak as it is. Um, I'd love to see a higher quality version though. Like every time I watch something on Shutter, it doesn't seem like it comes in very good. Which I'd hope that yeah. maybe one day they'll they'll get that figured out. But um, yeah, I really want to see this in like you know 4K, really high high definition quality. I think it'd be really nice. Yeah, the I'm curious. Blacks. Yeah, yeah, those impossible blacks. Um, <laughs> I'm curious if you like did your shutter subscription through Amazon and then actually watched it through the prime video app. I'm curious if it would be any different because I watched it on Xbox. Okay. So um, I don't know if that makes a difference. Cause I just use the shutter app on Xbox. Yeah. And I usually use the shutter app on my TV. Um, I would have used it on my TV, but LG doesn't have it in their library. So I couldn't download it. Oh, that's irritating. Yeah, yeah. they, um, not long ago, Samsung finally did a shutter app for their TVs. Um, waiting on LG. Where are you at? Yeah, no kidding. Also, waiting on you, PlayStation. Come on. Yeah, um, exactly. It's, for whatever reason, things just work out better for me and my overall network at home if I use my PlayStation instead of my TV or Xbox. Don't know why. But my Xbox hates my router and vice versa. Um, so, uh, yes, Preacher leaves and Louise is out in the barn looking around. Michael calls his wife, lets her know what's happening. Uh, there was something said earlier in the film how uh, his wife uh, didn't want to come with the girls because she was worried how, you know, all the things with you know their dying grandfather would potentially influence them um you know maybe she's never been a fan of his family i don't know but uh it seems like some some kind of um shifty type of uh maybe the parents didn't like her as a person or something yeah like maybe there's kind because, of animosity in there yeah maybe like you took our son away from us you know type yeah. of thing yep um but uh, Louise out in the barn, you know, she hears those noisemakers going off and you see this shadow behind her just grow up the wall. That one's hard to miss. Um, totally, totally. Not subtle at all. Because um, the music. Uh, def yeah, yeah. Uh, the music definitely swells along with that, too. 
Um, so there's that. And then Michael and Louise are talking again. He admits that he saw his mother the night before, but that it wasn't her. Uh, and we get more wolf howls in the distance. Um, and then Michael wakes up, finds that Louise has already been woken up by something else. And she's like, there's something out there. Surprised. I mean, what, what, I mean, it's Friday, y'all. Like, we've been here five days, <laughs> and you're just now saying this? Oh, the yep. brother's been seeing shit for like two, three days. So, <laughs> And again, it's the whole idea of, yeah, there's something out there. No, motherfuckers, there's something in here. <laughs> right, right. There is something really wrong with this place and everything that's happening with your family. Um, and they see oh. it's the priest outside. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to say... Um... It seems like whatever this thing is attacks the males first. If if we're going to say that the dad was attacked first by whatever this presence is, because why is the brother the only one that's seeing it? The the females didn't see anything for a while. And I guess Luis doesn't really check it out until what, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, seem it to be really. Her, she doesn't see it. Yeah. You know, other than the fact that, you know, they both see the priest who we'll find out later. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the priest outside uh, calls out to them. You should come outside. And when they open the door, he asks, you want some rope? Fuck. Why are you standing so far away from the <laughs> from? The yeah, yeah. And I think he's got the white eyes now, just yeah. like uh, the, the apparition of the father. Um yeah. Ooh, yeah, the the phone rings behind them and they look around again. He's gone. Um, Michael steps outside. It's like, why are, why are you going outside right now? Don't go outside right now. Uh, and he's looking around for the preacher and uh, the phone starts ringing again. Um, and they just you rip the cord out of the phone. They're like, enough of this. And we cut to Charlie and it turns out, no, he was trying to call them. And he is very, very disturbed about something. And he's loading a shotgun and he hears some noises in his trailer. Of course he does. Like... Mm, there's there's nobody that's safe in this film. Uh, um, and it is this demonic as fuck Louise with all these cuts all over her. And she's cutting on herself and stabbing herself. And oh, yeah. Looks so, and, so uh, harsh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's just kind of like gurgling and growling and not really seeing anything distinct uh, until she whispers to him, you did this to me. Where are your clothes at, girl? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And after she tells him that he did this to her, he takes his head off with that shotgun. And you see that it? was that was visceral. Yep. Um, he Man. paints the ceiling with his brains. Um, <laughs> we we all needed that imagery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. This film is um, you know it's got the gore. You would not yeah. expect a film um that's. I guess maybe a little bit more subtle in what's going on with things to have this level of gore, but Oh, it's, it's got it. 
That's for I sure. Like that it's, uh, you, you're not safe in the daytime. No, not at all. I love that. Not. I love when movies play with being in the daytime because it's still as scary as being at night if you're being possessed or haunted by. Oh something yeah. Like. I also love that it's often very difficult to tell at times throughout this film what time of day it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cloudy. And uh, earlier on in the week, you know, you feel like, okay, this is the next day. Right. But no, no, it's just more going on, going on, going on. Um, and we cut to Saturday from here. Um, Michael and Louis are talking about taking dad to a hospital. They see they're finally getting the right idea. They're, they're finally understanding that it's time to get the fuck out. Six days, six days it took for them to. I digress. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Louise, um, she calls the number that the priest gave them. And oh yeah, we find out that this priest he doesn't know what the fuck's going on, but he tells her that he's in Chicago, and it's not fucking funny. I, I once had a daughter named Louise, and she killed herself. What what are you doing to me? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> For a quick second, you almost you almost think that maybe she's dead, and she's like one that's maybe haunting them. At least that's what I thought right away. I was like, oh, maybe they don't I mean, really see her. Honestly, that could be a distinct possibility of what is happening in this film. I mean, I don't it's, know. it's a fun idea, for sure. Oh, God. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, the doctor shows up. Uh, he won't sign off on transporting Dad because he'd probably die before they even make it to the highway, he says. Um, uh, the hospice nurse is there. He talks to her, and she tries to, you know, buck him up with some ideas of, uh, you know... Uh, of faith and he's just not really listening. Um, (laughs) but you know, she, she's got a little bit of hope as far as, you know, what she sees in her work and how she sees it, you know, you know, death while it's not a great thing, how it can bring families together and blah, blah, blah. Um, she's, she says, uh, what, uh, the soul needs love to stay safe. Yes. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. doesn't really work in this family, I guess. Nope. And uh, there was like a helicopter shot of the goat herd going off to graze or whatever. And we get this shot of this three-legged wounded goat limping its way back to the farm and just bleeding like crazy. Um, ugh. It yeah, looks like a real uh, goat, too, so I wonder... It had to have a missing leg already if they had to kind of do the makeup on that leg, which I thought was interesting because a lot of times in a movie like this, you it'd probably be like a CG goat if they didn't have, like, a three-legged Oh, but it looked yeah. like they really did. Yeah, it's either that or... I, I They could have potentially, you know, digitally erased a leg and, you know, yeah, by having to up. wrap it with a bunch of either green or blue tape or whatever, you know, that may have caused the goat to kind of limp. Um, I don't know. I, 
whatever. Uh, I'm sure the Humane Society had something to say about one thing or another in the way they did all this. Um, but they clearly signed off on it all. Um, so, uh, yes, they, Michael finds this goat and he kind of holds it. And then you see Michael and Louise going out to finding the bulk of the rest of the herd all slaughtered. And I didn't think about it until now, actually, the, the whole goat kind of and and allegory to kind of what the devil is and how he is a, an appearance of a goat. I didn't really think about that until now, but I'm guessing it might have played into why they chose goats for this farm or maybe why they chose animals they did. It just kind of dawned on me that it would have that type of imagery. Mm-hmm. Yep, Pykel agrees. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah, goats are creepy. Um, and I, I don't know which one of them says this at this point, but it, they say, uh, she told us not to come. Again, just the repetition of this. Um, so they, they burn the bodies of the uh, slaughtered goats. And, oh, God. So yeah. many. <laughs> yes yes um like a, a beach bonfire like <laughs> yeah yeah it, it looks like something in like a big ritual or something like that um and they kind of wonder aloud if there are you know how many more of them are alive i think they say something along the lines of there might be another you know five or so out there uh including one that was pregnant um and, you know, Michael's going to go sit with the ones in the barn just to make sure that nothing happens to them. And Louise wants to come, but he's like, no, you, you got to stay with dad. And they they admit to each other that they're fucking afraid. Um, Time, let's love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so Louise is sitting there in bed with her dad. And of course, she's just reading the fucking diary. Louise, fuck, stop reading that diary. Um, just come and slap that shit out there. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Burn it's that shit. Rip it up. Yeah. Nothing good is coming from this. You're just making yourself more and more unsettled. And yeah, I suppose it's pretty effective for us. Uh, yeah. So Michael locks up the remaining goats and his uh, phone rings. It's his wife, Becky, calling. Um, he doesn't get a chance to answer though, because the noisemakers all clatter and he hears mom singing again and naked mom, who's all like sliced up, uh, kind of comes after him and pins him up against the wall. And then she's gone. And she gets like really close to his face. I thought something was going down at that point. Yep. Yep. And she disappears and he opens his eyes and steps forward. No, you had good instincts because she pops up behind him uh, and whispers in his ear. And he nearly he pulls out a buck knife and nearly slits his own throat, but manages yep. to stop himself. Um, oof. yeah, I gotta uh, say that knife didn't look very sharp, though. No, no, it's um, it, that, well, that, it's, it's effective, but it didn't look very menacing at least to me yeah um god it's still 
creepy as fuck. Um, and then we cut back to the house and the bedroom door creep- creaking open as Louise sleeps next to her father. And then footsteps creaking towards her. And then something clearly crawling onto the bed and growling. Oh, this is effective. Who could it be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could it be Satan? Um, <laughs> um, and yeah. Oh, God. She breaks free from the, the hold that the situation has over her, but her dad's gone. Nope. Nope. He's on the ceiling and he's clearly begging for help. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Reaching out to her. And he managed to scream at her, run away. And we're at Sunday. Dawn of the final day. Yes. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Um, And Louise finds scratches around her father's neck in bed. And she calls out for Michael, but he's not there. And she's looking around the house and she's startled by a loud knock at the door, but it's a young girl. It's uh, Charlie's granddaughter. Uh, I think this girl was uh, the girl from Monster um, or The Monster or whatever. The Brian Bertino's kind of middle film. Um, 24. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, that, that's an effective little film as well. This. Um, like yeah. Um, so it's Charlie's granddaughter. Uh, she's um, you know, come to check in on them. And I love this line. Uh, we've been calling. No one answered. I feel like there's so much meaning wrapped up in that. Take it however you want. But. Oh, uh, yes. It's for sure. Yes. Um, she. Let's Louise know that uh, her grandfather killed himself a couple of nights ago. Um, and Louise was Charlie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And Louise is shocked by the news because they had just spoken with him. It had only been a few days. Um, she invites the little girl in. And right when she hits the, when she hits the threshold, she says, do you smell him? Oh, I, God. I smell him too. He's close oh. now. He's rotting. Oh, yep. man. Creepy little devil girl. And you know, she runs away. Right? I'm sorry. She's wearing a red dress. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because of course she is. Of course um, she is. Louise runs inside uh, to, you know, kind of, stand guard over her father uh, telling her to go away and leave her alone and she steps back out of the bedroom and the girl pops up behind her. This is one of my favorite horror film tropes. Uh, People that have no physical way of getting to where they need to be and just popping out of the woodwork. Um, Yeah, yeah. love it. Love that stuff. And it happens twice with this little girl. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and all of a sudden she's gone. Of course she is. <laughs> but I think they, they have some. <laughs> yeah, really they, they, 
I think they did some fun voice modulation with her as well because it gets a little creepy. Yeah. Um, but all of a sudden she's gone. Louise calls Michael and only gets his voicemail. Um, and then of course the hospice nurse shows up and, you know, gives her a jump scare as well. Um, you know, saying, Hey, sorry, I'm late. Uh, you know, I told Michael I was going to be late. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she lights, uh, a votive, uh, for the dad and Louise plugs the landline back in and calls Michael. He finally picks up. He's been avoiding her because he drove all night to go home. He finally got smart and decided it was time to get out of there. I like that whole conversation because he's basically like, fuck all this and fuck all that shit over there because I'm done. This is it. Yep. I got my wife. I got my kids. These are my family. Fuck (laughs) (laughs) y'all. It's time to go home. Uh, Yes, sir. Oh, my God. And um, so... The nurse sits down to, you know, work on her knitting while she sits there with dad and she gets this slight smile on her face. It's barely perceptible, but oh, them knitting needles. Um, They're they're quite long, aren't they? Oh, yes. And whispering intensifies. And um, uh, yeah. Uh, Michael says to Louise on the phone because uh, they're still kind of talking. We got the two planes of action here. Um, it won't wait much longer. Save yourself. Click. <laughs> and we cut to the nurse having stabbed herself in the face with a needle and uh, in her eyes, actually. Um, and she's like stabbing herself in the gut. And then she attacks Louise and basically bangs her head into the door and knocks her out. And she, God, um, and okay. No, she had just stabbed herself into the face at this point because it's here where we cut to her dragging Louise out into the kitchen. And then the nurse takes out her own eyes and uh what is it she says jesus loves you always there for you and then she collapses dead all right (laughs) again nobody getting out of this thing alive uh anybody who's been on this farm oof um so we cut to michael finally getting home and you know he calls out to his family and there's like some old timey music playing on a record player because that's Brian Bertino's shtick. Yep. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) who who the hell is listening to this old ass music? Like right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause yes. And of course it's always on some kind of record player. (laughs) So it's always got that little scratching kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. a Tory scratch that it has. And it's like, so perfect every time but it's like it it is it's 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 a very effective technique it's gonna get us every time for sure and he's searching through the house he looks in the kids room and there's nobody there and he steps into the kitchen yeah he sees his daughters slumped over their breakfast and bleeding out their throats cut 
and finds his wife with the knife still in her hand or nearby having cut her own throat. And, you know, talk about visceral imagery. Like, yep. The blood is still dripping. Uh, (sighs) This, this has just happened. Um, and he, he loses it. He, um, and decides, okay, there's, there's no more point. And he slits his own throat and he's not even done doing it when he looks up and sees that his family isn't there. This has all been a trick. And it's at this point that his family actually walks in the door after going to get donuts, which sounds fantastic. Um, and they find him dying there, bleeding out. They don't even know what's going on. Like, why? (laughs) I know. Like, what? Oh, maybe God. if you would have came to the farm stop playing then you would have knew <laughs> we could all endure this together <laughs> yeah that's what family's for <laughs> um <laughs> oh jesus yeah that could have been so much worse couldn't it oh, yeah. um so uh, back at the ranch uh the phone's ringing and it rings and rings and rings and louise finally wakes up and her father's breathing is so loud and it's just this horrible labored breathing. It sounds horrible. Um, and at first she's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And she stumbles outside and she falls hard down these stairs mm-hmm. that that does not look fun. Um, uh, and she still hears him, you know, coughing and wheezing. And she's like, nope, nope. I, I gotta, I gotta help my dad. And she goes back inside. Stupid. So stupid. Exactly. Um, <laughs> not that I think this would have left her alone. I, I think she would have had the same fate as her brother, but she goes back inside. And uh, she tells her father uh, she won't leave him. And then she starts hearing Michael scream her name from outside. And he's screaming for help. Little does she she know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She calls back to him. And then you start hearing many Michaels. With their voices overlaying each other, calling back to her. And she knows what's up. Uh, and this is when the votive on the, uh, on the, uh, nightstand blows out. That can't be a good sign. Um, and her father starts breathing his last breaths and she's, you know, begging him not to leave her. And she's looking back at the doorway and I, I don't know if there's anything actually there. I couldn't see shit when I was looking for what she was looking at. Yeah, I didn't see anything. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch this on a TV again. It, not that that will necessarily help, but uh, yeah, it's... Um, what do you think she saw? Are you, do you think that something was there? I, I think that there's the possibility that there was something there and maybe it's something only she could see. 
but um there's always the possibility you know like we talked about earlier there's things that you pick up on you know multiple watches of this film that are just blinking you'll miss it so sure, i kept yeah. looking for something but couldn't see anything um and he clearly dies at this point and then we hear the mothers singing again and it's like one of those oh what a friend we have in jesus type hymns yeah. um yeah and this is where her father leaps up out of bed and attacks her and we just end with the exterior of the farmhouse and louise's screams and credits so what abrupt. a yeah what what a lovely week in the life of the straker family um <laughs> and holy shit i still i still like really enjoyed watching it again and um, oh yeah just like, the scares are so effective even after seeing it which is incredible mm -hmm. like it's i i just think that's really well made especially yeah. you know for a, a horror movie which don't usually have a, a huge budget for this type of stuff so that worked that camera magic really well with what he had yeah that's um that's one of those uh necessity being the mother of invention type things where um you know the super low budget kind of causing you to need to be more creative and how you build your scares and they have done this with you know an incredible amount of tension and feelings of dread throughout all of this it's just there is so much going on that tells you and informs the audience that no one is making out of this alive everything is going to end badly there there's there is not much that's good or hopeful in this film and like we talked about earlier the little bits where you may think there is no, that's snatched away from you in like the next scene. It's. I think yeah. he, he has this tendency to put people in these scenarios just because, which I think is interesting because even in the monster, like their car breaks down and, you know, they're kind of just in this scenario. Mm -hmm. And even in the strangers, you know, because they were home, that's the quote yeah. from the movie. So it's like purposely putting people in <laughs> dreadful scenarios and not giving that reason why which i think mm -hmm. is interesting because when you're talking about like a devil presence it seems like that would be he would latch on to something less random you know yeah but they don't explain oh. it and he's not going to explain it so I, I mean i think that makes it absolutely terrifying in that yeah. you know there there's no reason there's no you know no motive as far as you know these people deserved it or anything right. like that. It's um, yep, exactly. That's it, that makes it absolutely terrifying. Um, would like to yeah. see him do like like a like a contemporary city type of horror or supernatural mm. horror, like in modern or maybe near future times. I think you'd probably knock something like that out of the park. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see that too. Something in uh, you know a little bit more of an urban setting would be interesting. Um, I love that they're doing that with Evil Dead. Um, you know, if we ever do get to finally see Evil Dead Rise, I think it is getting a theatrical release now. That, yeah, they said uh, that what in March, I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, one of those things we were worried about with all that HBO Max discovery fuckery. 
but uh, <laughs> you know it. Oh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just hope we get a leak of Batgirl someday, but um, probably never meant to be. I mean, maybe there's data miners who get that type of stuff, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll kind of be forced to uh, do a release or something at that point. It's um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious what uh, Bertino has on his slate. Um, I didn't look anything up beforehand uh, about what he's working on, but I'm doing that right now. I did pull uh, up. Um, he had a movie called Mockingbird in 2014 that I haven't heard of or seen the trailer for. So hmm. I'm curious. I might have to check that out because it looks like it's a clown on the front. So okay. I'm, I'm interested in that. And, you know, with Terrifier 2 coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Creepy clowns. Gory. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Nope. Nope. I did the dumb thing on IMDb where I just click all filmography instead of director. Okay. Yeah. Only the four. And he's only doing some producer work uh, for the near future. Interesting. And he's got uh, Sino Evil and Grim Knight as a producer. And these must not be very far along because there is not much about him here on IMDb. Hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. Um, Maybe he's got... that means he's, he's preparing or writing or you know, yeah. thinking up the next idea. And I think... His catalog that I'm looking at right now, I mean, he can, I'm, I'm confident that he can do something else and hopefully, you know, the more budget. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, th that being said, um, you know, the low budgets that he's had to work with, he's, you know, cranked out some real gems. So, um, For sure. Yeah. yeah I, likes I, doing I, the I, one setting thing, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I think that's always nice for horror, though, just because, um, focused. you know, it, yeah, it's very focused. It feels um, much more lived in because you're spending a lot of time with it. Um, I think, um, you know, with the exception of uh, the monster, um, just because that's basically inside a car, uh, the whole film. But, um, yeah, I mean, between the strangers and the dark and the wicked, the set dressing is fantastic. Yeah, totally. um, and then for him he, to use his old farmhouse or whatever, it's like, I mean, yeah. I wonder if he thought of this movie because he had t some type of interactions with presence there, or maybe he had some type of fear with the goats or whatever that he was taking care of. So I don't whenever, know. I, yeah. I, maybe there's some interviews out there that would be interesting to, you know, look up, but uh Yeah. Yeah, it's we just uh, call him up and ask him right now. Put yeah, him on the exactly. <laughs> yeah, is he on Twitter? Um, <laughs> exactly. Oh shit. Um, but yeah, hopefully there's something cool coming from him. Um, it, we talked a little bit about you know some of our theories about what's actually happening in this film earlier. Um, do you have any more thoughts where that's concerned? I mean. I like the idea that Luis may already be dead because we don't see her die. And 
the interactions that she has with the family members and the nurses and the nurse are very kind of limited. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is like, I like playing with that idea. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, that's, that's really the main one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, as far as what the presence is, I mean, is it just straight up the devil or, you know, just some kind of demonic presence that's just sort of generic. I don't know. I don't know that it necessarily matters either. Uh, you know, one way or the other, it's just, it's bad for everybody involved, but um, yeah. Um, I, I think if she was indeed dead at some point in this film, it's not from the beginning of the week. Um, but I, I, I agree with what you say about the nurse having much more limited interactions with her. You know, she speaks more with Michael than anybody. Um, I don't know. I think you froze there. What happened? (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I'm like, Din is lost in thought. He's thinking extra (laughs) hard about these theories. I swear it's Discord. It's not my fault. The screen went black <laughs> and I was like, it popped up with a little Discord message. And I was like, what is happening? I checked my internet, it was still on. I don't I'm having issues with this program, I guess. I, I suppose. It it just does not like you for some reason. I um, wasn't even touching anything. <laughs> like <laughs> Damn, grab Pykel and get out of there. <laughs> Maybe the presence is here now. Oh no. It's getting dark out there. Oh shit. Uh, Dim, this was a lot of fun. Uh, this went by quick too. I'm shocked for a film that we both have a lot to talk about and has so much that actually does happen throughout it. Uh, how quick this went by. Um, any final, final thoughts on, uh, the dark and the wicked? Um, no, I mean, I think we got a lot of that out and I really enjoy that he, he, he plays with that short runtime every time it's like he doesn't he's not trying to keep you waiting (laughs) yeah i mean short of you know films like uh dr sleep uh especially that director's cut uh 90 minute horror films seem to be a very nice sweet spot oh yeah Um, totally you get in you get out you get what you need it's um definitely much more respectful of people's time for sure um but yeah, I, I don't think I have much more to say about the dark and the wicked. We kind of got it all out there. Um, Dim, if you'd like, where can people find you? On Twitter, gifted Dim's gifted spell with a Y, and on everything else, gifted Dim sixty three. Cool, cool. Well, we'll definitely be doing something else in the future. I'm sure. Um, you are uh, as as of this point the most prolific guest on this podcast. So. Uh, great to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. You just, (laughs) and people did not listen to me. Um, they did not stop at 69 views with the, um, the, uh, get out episode. So, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this has been murders with Mertens, a horror film podcast. Thank you for letting us tickle your ear holes. Please like share and subscribe. If you are so inclined, I'll be back soon enough with another episode, but until next time, stay spoopy, everyone. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.